0: Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save.
1: Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries part. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host, and I've got with me in studio. Chuck Nice. Hey, Neil. Remind me, Twitter, your Chuck
2: Chuck Nice, At Nice Chuck Nice comic.
1: At Chuck Nice comic. Yes. All right. If I'm finally catching up with how to how to find you. How to the, find me on Twitter? There you go, Chuck. I brought you in because this is, as you know, this is the Cosmic Queries yes. part of Star Talk. Yes. I it, sit here. I haven't seen any of these questions. They've all filed in from Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus yep. and all of our media presence. And this is the holiday edition. So thanks for agreeing to do this. Uh, it's always my pleasure to so, be here. I guess the point is not to stump me, although I could get stumped. The point is just if I have knowledge to share through the filter of people's inquiries. That's correct. There we have it.
2: It's it's what inquiring minds want to know. They got, and you got their names. And I t- had their names. And, and let's go and, for it. Uh, let's, let's, let's kick this thing off. Oh, um, <laughs> And this, uh, this is uh, uh, oddly enough. Uh, you you would think that I would have uh, phonetically found out how to pronounce these names, but I did not. <laughs> so um, this is Mikezu, Mikezu from Facebook, and very simply, why is it cold during the winter? Because it's not cold everywhere. So why is it cold during the winter? Ooh, you know that's a that's a beautiful
1: question. That means he's not taking anything for granted and making an observation about the world around him and then asking. So it turns out after June 21st, Mm -hmm. we're talking about Northern Hemisphere now. Correct. We just like add six months and we can have this conversation in the Southern Hemisphere. After June 21st, the arc of the sun across the sky from sunrise to sunset gets lower and lower and lower. Mm -hmm. And so the heating of the ground becomes less and less and less. The sun doesn't heat the air. The sun heats the ground. And after a short time delay, the ground heats the air. That's why it's not hottest at 12 noon. Right. It's always hottest a little later. A little later, like 2 o'clock. Like 2 o'clock. Anywhere between 1 and 3 and sometimes 4 o'clock in some some parts. So so there's a time delay. So there's not only a time delay – during the day, there's a time delay during the year. So the sun gets lower and lower and lower and lower in the sky and you enter December and the sun rises very far south of east. It, it, it only rises due east two days a year. People say, oh, sun rises in the east and right. sets in the west. No, only on two days a year. The rest is rising someplace else. And as we approach winter, it gets it rises very far south. It goes up a little bit in the sky and then sinks back down again. In New York City, the highest the sun gets in the sky on December 21st is like 25, 26 degrees up above the horizon. That's hardly anything. Barely gets above the buildings.
2: So, so the reason it's cold in winter is because the sun is lazy. Lazy. <laughs> Lazy sun. It does not want to do, it does not want to climb to the heights it of It cannot do that. And so on
1: the 22nd, oh, by the way, and by the way, it sort of slows down, sort of stops its, stops its its downward uh, passage through the sky, and then it starts its way back up a few days later. Mm-hmm. So around December 24th, December 25th, you know we're not going to lose the sun entirely below the horizon. It's on its way to higher and higher arcs. And the ancients knew this, or at least me, the – Christians knew this. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put a Christian holiday on a day that the pagans already were celebrating.
2: Right. Saturnalia.
1: Yeah. So they put the birth of Jesus on the same day that – because they, no one knew when Jesus, the day of the year Jesus was born. So they put Jesus' birth on the day that people were already celebrating the return of the sun to higher climbs in the sky. Oh. And so that, that's why you have it. Now, what is the coldest month? It's not December. It's like January, February. Ah. Again, remember, this is time delay. Time delay. Yeah,
2: yeah. so there you have it. So even though the shortest time uh, the sun stays in the sky is in December, the coldest time is a couple few weeks later right because there's a time delay for earth to react to that fact nice yes
1: all right well and and by the way so and it has nothing to do with our distance to the sun because in fact in december earth is closer Closer. to the sun we're closest january 3rd we're closest to the sun in in right smack in, in winter there look at that yeah
2: interesting stuff yeah all right let's move on next question is from uh well actually, you know what? I'm going to skip down to Brad Porter's question and kind of connect it to what we just said. Mm-hmm. So, how cold is winter in a deep polar crater on Mercury? How specific is that? <laughs> Was he plan, plan on taking yeah. a visit? Apparently Brad has a great travel agent. Uh, uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, here, here's the problem. On not here's the reality on Earth. If it's if the air is cold, we have air circulation that'll bring cold air from one place to another. Okay. Yeah, this is that Canadian air mass moving across the- Jet the, stream. Yeah. You know, all these air movement takes a molecule that's either been warmed or- cooled and moves it to another place on earth. Okay. All right. If you don't have air, if you don't have an atmosphere, then there's nothing to mix the temperatures. Mercury has no atmosphere. Okay. So now, there are craters we've discovered near the poles. If you're near the poles, the sun never gets very high in the sky ever. Right. It's possible to have a crater with a high enough rim that the sun never goes above the rim. Right. And so therefore the bottom of the crater is forever in darkness. Wow. The craters on the moon and on Mercury, where there's no atmosphere near the pole, they are where the sun don't shine.
2: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, so that's where you that's where you can stick a lot of stuff. Stick- <laughs> if you want. You <laughs> gotta stick it where the sun <laughs> don't shine.
1: The moon and Mercury's got such places. There you and go. And so if Mercury or the Moon has ever been hit by a comet. Comets are made, you know, mostly of water. The water lands, you know, the comet breaks apart, and water lands all over the surface. If it lands where the sun shines, the sun evaporates it, and we lose the water. Mm -hmm. If it lands where the sun don't shine, there is no source of heat to warm it. Right, right. And the water molecules stay, and they accumulate for billions of years. So, if you go into the depths of a crater where the sun don't shine, it is hundreds of degrees below zero, even for a planet as close as Mercury is to the sun. To the sun.
2: Wow. Exactly. Look at that. Yeah. All right. So, listen. I think we got uh, time for one more. Uh, we'll make it quick. And we uh, before we, our well, break. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's I, I found a question. I want to stay on the uh, oh the winter. Yeah. Plus, winter. if he if he goes to Mercury. You you know like you said we'll find out who his travel agent is and make sure he's get a return trip <laughs> absolutely okay so uh, let's stay with the cold thing uh, do you know of any other substance besides water that could crystallize in a similar fashion to make snowflakes and also is the whole thing about no two snowflakes ever being replicated true you know what we'll do That's we'll from Anastasia I love that question and let's get back to that after the break
1: okay you're listening see. to Star Talk Radio we're in the cosmic queries section <laughs> Holiday edition. <laughs> I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Chuck Nice, and just uh, briefly, Chuck, you've got a TV show now. I mean, yes, like a- Home Strange Home on HGTV. And you you walk into people's home and talk about it. Yes, I do, Listen. and I, I and, and I try to be as nice as possible. <laughs> All right, we'll get more of that when we come back to Star Talk Radio. This is Star Talk Radio, Cosmic Queries Holiday Edition. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host. I'm an astrophysicist with the American Museum of Natural History, and I've got with me in studio Chuck Nice. Yes, Chuck, love having you. Ah, I love being here, man. And you got a TV show where you just bust into people's homes yeah. and
2: talk about them? Yeah, it's a home invasion show called HGTV. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a category on, of show. Yeah. It's a new home invasion <laughs> show on HGTV called Home Strange Home. And I invade the homes of people. Uh, they take me around and uh, show me their weird, wacky little houses. If I see you knocking at my door, you ain't coming in. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I want to have you on the show, too. Man. Uh, so this is like in the old days, 60 Minutes was the, were, the, were the people you didn't want to have come in your home. Right. So now you're going to show up with cameras. Yes. And that's what we do.
2: I show up with cameras and I- Weird people with weird collections and stuff. Weird collections, weird homes, and uh, some of them are architecturally weird. Some of them is the people themselves are weird. A lot of them are artists and architects. That's what we mostly do. Because they have control over their space. They think about their space more. Absolutely. They don't just go to Ikea and put stuff in. And you know, that's the beauty of the show is that I'm hoping that it inspires people to kind of do that in their own lives. Just to get a little more interesting. Just to be a little more interesting and let (laughs) let your life be reflected in your home. Nice. You know? Nice. Nice. So you got a
1: boatload of questions there, culled from our internet presence. Yes, and so uh, uh, come at me. What do so you got? So
2: before the break, we had a question from Anastasia, or Anastasia it depends, and she says, "Do you know of any other substance besides water that could crystallize in a similar fashion to snowflakes? Also, is the old adage about no two snowflakes being alike true?" Okay, I'll tell you what I know about it. First of all, I
1: we all heard that no two snowflakes are alike. Right. And I was skeptical. So I was going to do the calculation mm-hmm. to find to just justify for myself because I I don't Believe everything I read or hear, but that fact that factoid existed before the internet. <laughs> so you can't blame like can't blame the internet on this one. Can't blame the internet on this one. But um, I haven't actually completed the calculation. But what it involves is if you look at a snowflake under a magnifying glass. I mean, under a, a microscope, mm-hmm. you don't need very high power because they're they're not. They're small, but they're not right. microscopic. They're not microscopic, tiny. right? Right. And you look at it, as you know, they have six six uh, spindles to right. them, and each spindle has detail in them. There's like little parts that stick out, and it's all symmetric. And the, then there's there and there's so many ways each one of these spindles can take on detail that you can ask yourself, how many ways can that happen per spindle? Right. right. And if you start getting numbers in the quadrillions and the sextillions and the octillions, right. And then you do a quick back of the envelope calculation. That's a calculation you do without a computer like you get a writing implement mm-hmm. and a piece of paper <laughs> right? and if, and you use your basic laws of physics and you say well how much water is in the world how, you know, how many snowflakes will represent a cup of water you know and you turn a cup of water into snow how much snow is that how many snowflakes How in any given season how much does it snow all over the world right. how many seasons have there been in the history of the world include the ice age include all the glaciers you do all of this you'll, you can come up with a back of the envelope number and I'm I haven't done that calculation yet. Okay. But I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, but I'll, I'll report back <laughs> to you on this. But it is possible just so they can appreciate the little spindly details on each one of the, the, the legs, if you will, the six branches of a, of a snowflake can have extraordinary structure. And right. the tiniest little change from one snowflake to another counts as a different pattern. Right. So the number of ways you can change something can go up exponentially. I'll give you an example. Uh, If you have a chess board and I can say, well, the pawn moves this way and the knight moves this way and there's a limited number of ways the pieces can move. Correct. But how many possible chess games can you play? That number is huge. Right. Because every little variation – is a new—that's a new game and a, a new, new set of outcomes it's too a new, for each move. Exactly, and so when you look at these little spindles on a on a on a snowflake, every little change is a new snowflake. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to do that. I've been meaning to do that calculation, and Anastasia has now said, get, told me to get back to work on that. Okay. Now, uh, almost all obj- almost all things, all liquids—if you cool them slowly—will crystallize. Okay. did you do in, in, in high school uh, chemistry? Did you uh, make uh, carbon? Uh, was it copper sulfate crystals? Do you ever do that? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I in, mean, the, it,
2: uh, in the... In the, the, the little
1: beaker. In the beaker, right. Yeah, and has the blue... I think copper sulfate is now cancerous or something. <laughs> Great! <laughs> yeah, so that's where that tumor came from. <laughs> oh! Back in our day, we played with mercury, we like, licked lead, you know? <laughs> And the monkey bars in the park were over cement. That's right, so true. Right, we were like, they don't make them that way anymore. Uh, so, yes, uh. Pra- uh, uh crystallization is a very common thing in nature, and uh, it's just that water happens to be in the air when it crystallizes, and it gets to fall on the ground, and so you get to see it and interact with it every day. But uh, other kinds of crystals, you make salt crystals and sugar crystals. I mean, so crystallization is a very natural chemical phenomenon that goes on when there's a very slow transition from one phase to another. If you do it quickly, it won't
2: crystallize. It won't crystallize. No. Okay. Okay. So in, in that slow cooling. Oh,
1: in fact, if so So for example, if the rain is coming from the cloud and it falls quickly through the cold layers that are up in the sky, then you just get frozen rain.
2: That's right. <laughs> and that, you're absolutely right. And right. that's what they call it. Fl- freezing rain or sleet. It's sleet. We got words for it. it's not snow.
1: It's not snow because right. it, it, it froze too quickly. To crystallize,
2: right, yeah. and then there's hail, which hail's like, it, right, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the flash freezing of rain, and also an insurance nightmare. <laughs> that's right. That's when yeah, that's when God says you better have a uh, a really decent policy. Exactly. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so let's move on mm-hmm. to um, and this is uh, this is Nathan. Apparently, I'm not sure if he's asking this. Yeah, these you. are all these are all holiday related. These are holiday seasonal questions. Holiday nice. seasonal questions. Nice. And Nathan uh, on Facebook. I'm not sure if he's asking of you personally or if he's relating this to himself. Okay. As an agnostic and scientist, what do you teach your kids about the holidays and how do you celebrate them? So I'm not sure if he's saying you personally or he's an agnostic and a scientist, what should he do? Or you as an agnostic and scientist, what do you do personally?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of rituals. I think rituals organize human culture in important and fundamental ways that bring a bit of sort of humanity to us all. Right. Rituals even as simple as let's just have dinner together or let's have a candlelight dinner or let's open the bottle of wine during dinner or let's um, I mean Jews are famous for the number of rituals that are still conducted even among those who are not quote practicing Jews. Exactly. Right. They're still they'll still have the Seder. They still adhere to the rituals. Yeah the rituals because rituals are I think uh, they're excuses to come together and so I I don't deny that element of... Of life, no matter the source, be it a religious source or a secular source. That's. Gotcha. I mean, Thanksgiving is another ritual. I see sure. that no diff And uh, Christmas is—you uh, give presents to people. You know, that's. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to get in the way of that. Right. I mean, this is now how much of the religious backdrop you you incorporate. You, you incorporate that's your that's your own personal thing. We live in a country where we have freedom to express that religion, but it also means you have freedom to to. Uh, Pick and choose <laughs> <Right. laughs> to, to pick a version of it that you, you're comfortable with, right. but to excise it all from life, I think that's that's too draconic and unne- unnecessary.
2: Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Uh, you go ahead and celebrate your Hanukkah. Well, not because I said hanaquana Christmas. hanaquana Christmas. You, <laughs>
1: <laughs> your Kwanza, your <laughs> Hanukkah <HANA-KUANA-KUANZISK. laughs> Okay, cool. All right, let us move on to um, and, But wait, you tell me not because I told them to, but just
2: I gave it perspective. No, that's your perspective. <laughs> I think it's a great perspective, yeah. mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, because uh I yeah, I I know uh uh I have Jewish friends who put up a Christmas tree. Uh-huh. You you know, so Because they want the Christmas presents, not the Hanukkah <laughs> presents.
1: That's what that one is.
2: But we got that one figured out. <laughs> That's very funny. All right. We got uh, time for a quick one and quick I'll put one. this uh, mm-hmm. uh, because- Before this, we go to our break. Before mm-hmm. we go to our break. So this is uh, Chris O'Donnell and uh, addendum to that question from mm-hmm. a different person. Do you think children should believe in Santa while they're young or know the truth from an early age? Now, as a scientist, I'm interested to hear what you say on this one. <laughs> well, I did this with the tooth fairy.
1: Okay? Okay. Uh, So with my daughter, I I train my kids to be scientifically literate. And I've certified them scientifically literate. I'm not worried about their future evermore because they they are. I'm I'm working on what kind of stamp to put on their forehead or something to to make this happen. But at the age where you lose your teeth – and then you have the Tooth Fairy. You're particularly gullible to storytelling that, of a fantasy nature. Okay. And so what I did with my daughter at that time, you know we're running low on time.
2: Okay, then let's make this a cliffhanger. Because this is awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really on the edge of my seat. I'm like, no, what I, does Neil do? I, with his kids I, I thought this through. All right. Well, listen. Let's well, then, then save it. It's totally. Th- let's, yeah. Because I think this is
1: awesome. I totally thought this So after the break, we will you will learn what I did with my kids with regard to these these fantasy seasonal things that uh, Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy. Uh, I, you life. know,
2: I really want to know because my son just lost his first tooth. Oh, so uh, this is great. Up,
1: I'll hook you up after the break. You're listening to Star Talk. Radio. Radio, the Cosmic Queries part, and we're, it's a holiday edition. When we come back, more questions delivered to me from Chuck Nice.
0: There are over seventy-five million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means to be is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. To be it's more popular than being French. See you in there. This podcast is supported by FedEx.
1: Talk radio, cosmic queries. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson in studio with Chuck Nice. Hey, hey. Chuck! Chuck Nice, comic on Twitter. That's right. I love your I love your stuff because you just you know you come out of the blue and
2: hey, he's I, I agree with that. You have some sort of
1: humorous observation of the cultural mores.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know that's uh, that's my whole thing. It's uh, some people don't get it. Like you know, most of what I write on Twitter is a joke. Right, (laughs) and they don't understand that. I I mean, some people get back to you know. Let me ask you: Do you lose something by having to write it as opposed to deliver it in person? No, I like it that way because really, you um, it takes you have to set the tone in those hundred and forty characters. So that's what I dig about it. You know, like I wrote uh, the other day: uh, Just remember when you buy that fifteen dollars sweater from that big box store, you're helping a foreign you're helping foreign child labor learn the value of a dollar one day at a time. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious and I had some people get really pissed at oh, me. Right. Yeah, some yeah, some
1: like get them, get him off Twitter, right? Yeah. Or right. All right. So you got questions here Yes. called from the
2: internet. Uh, you 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 got you got uh uh it's a ho- holiday questions. Holiday questions. Yeah, questions. Right. Go for it. And mm-hmm. so here's the deal, right before we left, you were about to tell um Chris about uh, believing in Santa and uh, he wrote, let me just give his question again, do you think children should believe in Santa when they're young or should they know the truth from an early age? And then you were talking about the tooth fairy and what you did with your daughter, which I am hugely interested in because my son just lost his first tooth. His first tooth. So
1: at that age, they're they're particularly susceptible to fantasy stories. They don't really have a deep sense of what is possible given the laws of physics of the universe and what is not, and so the tooth fairy becomes very believable at that age. So here's what I did. I said, "Well, I'm not going to lie to my kids. I'm just not. Okay. Nor do I think being completely fantasy prone is a good thing uh, going into adulthood, because some adults some don't outgrow don't, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's what I said. I said, <laughs> I said, I'm told." that if you put your tooth under your pillow, that a tooth fairy will come and exchange it for money. Ah, wow. I'm, to- I'm told. I'm told this. I'm told. And so she said, really? Okay, I'll do that. So she does it, and money shows up. All right? So you've, several teeth happen. So I, I'm told. And so now she had a, a dream catcher, because we visited a, a, a Native American reservation, bought a dream catcher. So she thought maybe she could catch the tooth fairy in the dream catcher. Okay? So then she set up the dream catcher, didn't catch it, still left the thing. So then she then she took um, aluminum foil and put it near her bed to see if the fairy would step on the aluminum foil because then she would hear that. Right. It didn't still happen. So so what she decided to do a couple of years later with friends of hers th- there was the suspicion that maybe the parents were the, were the tooth, tooth fairy. fairy. So they said – so they – so she organized a group of people who whose tooth fell out while they are at school. Uh-huh. That way the parents don't know it. So now you take that tooth, put that under your pillow without telling anyone. And if it's still there in the morning – because surely the tooth fairy would know. Right. And if the tooth is still there and money isn't, then it's the parents. And this is precisely the experiment they did. And they figured out that it was that the parents. That there was no tooth fairy. That's correct.
2: Man, and, you know, see, you're, you're, that is really your daughter. Well, no. That is truly (laughs) your kid. (laughs) (laughs) Let us let us devise an experiment. (laughs) Well, I trained them to
1: think about testing statements that get made, and so I didn't want to say there is no because that's giving her the answer, but without her having the joy of thinking about what experiment. Would, would verify or falsify that prediction.
2: See, your daughter is very smart. I just started ripping teeth out of my head because this was a great way to make a buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't have a paper route. All you had were teeth. All I had was teeth. Looked like I had a meth problem when I was five.
1: <laughs> no, the thing about Santa Claus, what we did about Santa was, we knew the kids figured out that there wasn't uh, that there was a Santa, uh, but the Santa Claus gift was always the biggest, most expensive gift right. under the tree. So, if they ever admitted that there wasn't a Santa they wouldn't get that (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty smart
2: (laughs) so we had them believing it longer than they
1: would have otherwise that makes sense All
2: right, so let's uh, let's get a quick one we got time for a quick one yeah let's get a quick one from John Yates and uh, he says I like this what is your favorite holiday drink? Because I want to drink whatever you're drinking. Oh, nice. Well, thank you. Way to go, John.
1: Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm a. I like foofy drinks. You know, I go to a bar. Guys are ordering whiskey, and 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 I order like something with a pineapple wedge and an umbrella in it. You really? Know, that's, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. So you're like you're a tropical drink man. I'm I am comfortable enough with my masculinity, or rather, I am in touch with my feminine side enough, enough. so that I have no issues. So drinking, you don't
2: mind drinking a Cosmo? Uh,
1: an an umbrella drink in a in a bar, in a bar with guys. tini? You are cool with an apple tini? But, but I also lean towards the creamier drinks, so like a mudslide or a or Bahama Mama. Bahama Mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that means over the holidays, I'm I'm an eggnog guy from way back. Oh, really? Spiked eggnog with with give it the dark rum just to kick it up a notch. Okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, and we uh, when I'm ambitious, my wife and I will make it ourselves. We but eggnog. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to like separate the egg whites and beat those and put them in and mix the. It's effort, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Wow. Then, then, Homemade eggnog. Well, right then you got to like take it over the top, and then you buy eggnog ice cream and put a scoop. Of, so it's eggnog float with the eggnog ice cream on top, then it rocks. <laughs> when we come back, more cosmic queries on Star Talk Radio. Cosmic on Star Talk Radio, the holiday edition. I'm the Grass Tyson with Chuck Nice, hey comic. Chuck, do you like doing TV better than stand up, or both? You're cool mm. with
2: both. I, 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 to be honest, I love stand up the most because it's live, it's immediate. It's there, you can't yeah. get it back, and yeah. it, you know it happens in moment. But I love TV more because I like to eat so <laughs> okay. so the green room yeah. keeps you fed all right. yeah I enjoy no. oh no the food the, the money the, the yeah, salary yeah I right. enjoy okay. the salary of all television right, all much right. more gotcha you know alright what do you got you got questions for me alright so here's the thing um cause you're a New Yorker uh, all your life born and bred mhm uh, Jared- oh by the way, I was recently featured in the
1: Superman comic, and so now I get to say I'm from Metropolis. Oh sweet! You didn't know that? I did not know that. Me and Superman buds. Yo, that's hot. Oh my gosh! I didn't t- know that?
2: We will have to do a sh- we'll do a show on that. Oh, okay. You're not lying. I'm oh, so right. jealous. Oh yeah. Because so not- you know I'm a total comic dweeb. Okay. I
1: love okay. that stuff. Apparently, not enough of a dweeb to have so, known to- this. <laughs> All right, so just chill
2: on that one. All right, go. <laughs> Uh, oh god, that was funny! <laughs> all right, okay, here we go. Uh, Jared Stevens wants to know what it what you think is the best thing to do in New York City during the holiday season. Since you've been here pretty much your whole life, what do you think? Oh, so uh, you know what you need
1: to do? Visit all of the cosmic iconography that is throughout the city, like. <laughs> Okay. Again, sorry for the rest of the world who would be listening to this, but maybe you'll take a visit to New York. On Avenue of the Americas, 6th Avenue, in front of the Time Life building, there's a huge sculptural triangle. Okay. Sitting right there. It's visible if you stand in Rockefeller Plaza and look across the street. It's a huge triangle. Most people are eating hamburgers under that triangle. It's huge. It's like six stories tall. Huge. And they they just say it's just some artists trying to be geometric. Right. No, no, it's a sun triangle. At 12 noon on the equinoxes, along one of the legs of that triangle, the sun aligns with that edge. On the two solstices, The summer solstice, the winter solstice, at 12 noon on those days, from that plaza, the sun aligns with the other two legs of that triangle. It is a sun triangle. It is trying to talk to the cosmos. That's pretty cool. I agree. Also, you go into Grand Central Terminal and look up. There is the night sky as imagined by people at the time who put the sky on the dome. Right. Except the stars are backwards. That yeah, so don't what, get I, me started. Okay, okay, they're backwards, <laughs> and Orion, the the hunter, is facing forwards. In this field of backward stars, but in the holiday season, if you're taking, if you're drinking in the city, uh, you just tour toward the cosmic offerings that it has that people have long forgotten about.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah. And I know that's a, a problem for you. Otherwise, I'm staying warm at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, but, I know you hate the uh, Grand Central thing because you actually told John Stewart that the Earth rotates in the wrong direction on his show. Open I,
1: in the opening credits. Yes, yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> I, and he would go, got a little upset about. I haven't been invited back since. By the way. <laughs> Just as a point of information, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right. So, uh, speaking of mm-hmm. uh, solstices, mm-hmm. all right. Since let's uh, let's move on to Laura Morris' question, and Laura on Facebook sent us this question: Do you think the new year should start on the actual winter solstice? Did the Romans have the date wrong, or has there been that much wobble in the tilt of the Earth's axis? Ooh. Look at her getting a little deep with the solstice question.
1: Ooh. Well, the calendar has a fascinating, torturous history. Mm -hmm. And so you can't – so I I think the solstice is a a better day to begin the new year. I I so do. Uh, Keep in mind, though, that there was a time where the calendar was 10 days off. But that got corrected in 1584. When, in the introduction of the Gregorian calendar, where October – where they realized that the calendar fell out of sync with Earth's orbit around the sun mm-hmm. and the seasons. So, so for example, the first day of, of spring was falling on March 10th instead of March 21st. And this was messing with people. And so they actually excised the pope by decree, which he could do back then because – That's when the Pope had power (laughs) (laughs) over Christendom, uh, or at least the the Catholic side of Christendom, uh, decreed that 10 days would be taken out of the calendar. So October 15th followed October 4th. And that reestablished the calendar that we now all use today internationally, the Gregorian calendar. So the calendar has been messed with many times before. I think there's nothing special about January 1st. What I do is send around January 3rd announcements that Earth has reached perihelion. I send her on perihelion cards. Perihelion. Her, perihelion. Helia. Pe- <laughs> helio, helio, as helios, the sun right. is when helios you're nearest the sun. nearest to the sun. And that is January. that's the co- January third. Yeah, and depending on where you are in the leap day cycle, it could be the fourth. But right. I, I, that's when I I celebrate perihelion. Uh, January first <laughs> is a stupid. Nothing happens. During January first. What is this? <laughs> we got one segment left to come on Star Talk Radio, where Chuck Nice is bringing questions called from the internet and putting them on my lap, requiring. That I answer them. We'll see in a moment.
2: Do you want to set up your child for success? IXL. IXL is used in ninety-five of the top one hundred school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive twenty percent off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/starttalk. Visit IXL.com/starttalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best
3: price. Justin, and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
2: Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that pxg.com slash StarTalk code StarTalk.
1: Welcome back to Star Talk, The Cosmic Queries. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Chuck Nice. Chuck, you're culling these questions from the internet, from yes. our entire internet presence on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google+.
2: So what do you got for me? This is the holiday edition. This is the holiday edition. I like edition. that. I All like that. holiday questions mm-hmm. and uh, dealing with the season itself. So here's one from Chris Smith. And Chris wants to know, could Santa... Be exploiting the multiverse concept where physics could be different to hide his North Pole workshops and travel by flying reindeer sleigh. Ultimately, Santa could really be real. So, yeah, he's still I think of that. I think his real question
1: is But didn't I tell you earlier in the show that there's some adults that still haven't shaken? <laughs> let go, right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't let they go. Stay so, in that fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But I think a more interesting question, you know, uh, that the multiverse concept. Does physics change? Let's say there is a multiverse. Do physics and the laws of physics remain constant through every mult every facet of the multiverse? No.
1: Really? Yes.
2: Oh my god that's shocking.
1: Yeah so so what we understand is the conditions that spawn the next universe right they they're slightly different in the same way your children are different from you but they're still genetically related correct the 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 next universe would have many features similar but would be different in certain ways that might not even make life possible for example they're not they're not just different because you're you, but you turn left on the, left on the corner instead of right. right. They're different because the charge on the electron might be different, or the yes. uh, other fundamental forces, the speed of light might be different. And so yeah, yeah, but you would have to, you would need a whole other kind of universe that's similar to ours, but gives Santa an out to enable him to do what he wants to do. And, and I'd rather invent a world here where he could pull that off. So for example, if, if his sleigh could travel the speed of light. Right. Okay, so there's a problem there first that moving through the atmosphere he would vaporize. I was going to say, wouldn't he burn up? Yeah, yeah, just vaporize. So, so we, he would need atmospheric separators the way the Flash has atmospheric separators. Had you been listening to our Physics of Superheroes Uh, uh, Star Trek episode, you would know the Flash had separators. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he'd have to do and he doesn't have to deliver to all children in the world only to Christian children and the few (laughs) Jews who happen to put up a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) So once you start cutting this down, plus he doesn't have to do them all at once because there's the one hour by hour time zone. Correct. Right? All the kids, no, no, no. Not all kids go to bed at the same time. Right. Because the sun is always shining on half the earth. So he gets to spread out the load. Now, the one problem we might not ever be able to solve is the North Pole, you know, we, he needs like a like a houseboat now for the North Pole. Right.
2: <laughs> There's no ice There's left no on the North ice. Pole. Yeah, he would, yeah. Exactly. He,
1: he needs a houseboat.
2: Yeah, right? I, I hear Superman's lair is actually <laughs> flooded right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there are these North
1: Pole <laughs> issues that have to be resolved before he could sort of do this. But uh, it turns out it would be very hard, especially the, the fitting down the chimney part. Uh, so he would need a way to gain access to everybody's residence. He, that would be a, a high dimension where you just enter through the closet right like in the film uh, monsters Monsters inc Inc. oh yeah yeah he's just going through the closet it's a dimensional portal it's a dimensional portal and no reason why you can't have one of those so i can
2: imagine a superman of the future who's totally tricked out right on i could listen i know i could help him with that you know unlawful entry part. (laughs) Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some
1: people. <laughs> you got people. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth dimension. Yeah, so these are burglars in the fourth dimension. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> All right, so here is uh, – this is, uh, I believe, Kai-U is, is the name. How many horsepower would each individual reindeer need if Santa has nine of them, I, I suppose, to make the, the sled fly? Yeah, uh, I have to do that calculation but it really simply depends on how
1: fat Santa is. <laughs> right. I, I don't mean to be, make a joke about it, but the horsepower is a is a, is a it tells you what you need to pull a load that you're carrying. Right. And of course, if he has all the presents for everyone in the world, this is huge. And so uh, each reindeer, uh, I, I have to do the math, and right. I, I right now I don't have time to, fo- to actually I, make the calculation. We may have to revisit that, or I po- could possibly post it online. But you need horsepower, certainly something rivaling the Saturn V rocket or more to do what Santa uh, pulls off, right. like to get them to fly. Oh, by the way, by the way, planes fly. Right, so it's not like we don't know how to fly. Right. All right, and so the reindeer would just need sort of to take some physics classes on how to uh, exploit Bernoulli's principle of lift through the atmosphere.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Your point. Exactly. <laughs> well, that Chuck, is. Chuck, I think we got to wrap this up. John. Yeah, oh but gosh. you know what? Before we do, I'm <laughs> I can't get this out of my head because early in the show you were talking about homemade eggnog. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a problem with that? No. <laughs> It's a big effort. You got to whip the egg whites so they can become perky, and then you fold that into the cream. And you got to I, I, I hand shave egg um, nutmeg. Oh yeah, no, it works great. Put in a dash of rum. It's smoking.
2: I, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I gotta have that. You, oh. <laughs> I must have. Well, it is
1: wintertime, maybe after after hours. We, we'll go check it out. I'm all about it. Oh, by the way, earlier you mentioned the Cosmos drink. Nothing cosmic about a
2: Cosmos drink. we got to reinvent that. Really? I might just do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That works for me, too. We're overdue for that. See, what I'm saying, Neil, is uh, we got to go have a drink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Star Talk Radio, brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Find us on the web, StarTalkRadio.net. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, tweeting at Neil Tyson. Until next time, as always, I bid you to keep looking up and thank Chuck for being here once again.
3: Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you
3: know about this juicy gem of a detour.